SNS Podcast. It's your boy, Mike K. Smith, also known as AK's, also known as the coolest guy in sports. Back with episode number eight of season two. In total, this is episode number 45. Check how you doing today. I'm doing good, man. It's happy holidays as well, man. We got to get this episode in for, to appease the viewers right before Christmas, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's get it. Uh, let's talk about some of the trade rumors that are going on. We know that Kevin Love is obviously on the trading block. We also heard a couple rumors about possibly Eric Bledsoe as well, Chris Paul. What do you think about those rumors? Uh, well, they're rumors, so you don't really know. <laughs> you don't really know how much weight they really hold, especially around this time. Uh, usually, trade deadline, you really start to see rumors like this come into fruition. But like you, you obviously, this it's a lot. Of, even though the LA teams, Milwaukee, are the favorites to really come out. Teams really feel that they can make a move necessary to push them over the top. It's teams desperate, like Portland, for example, where they have a lot of injuries. They maybe use another piece like a Kevin Love to yeah. bolster the team before the playoff run, to make a playoff run. But one name that really stood out to me was Drew Holiday. I think that's a player that can really move the needle because a lot of teams are really pushing for 2021 free agency. But Drew Holiday is that type of player where – I consider him probably the fifth-best shooting guard in the league right now. He's a two-way presence. He could create off the dribble. He's a guy who you can trust in the regular season and in postseason. So that's one guy who I think could possibly get moved. And one team that came to mind was Denver because they just need a guy, aside from Jamal Murray or or the Joker, that could really create his own offense. And we we obviously look at guys like Kevin Love who could – maybe fit on a Portland team, but I just don't think Cleveland's going to move them because they might not get the assets that they feel is necessary for a star caliber player like Kevin Love. So Drew was the one name that I think teams should really pull the trigger on to make that necessary run. I agree. I think Drew Holiday is an excellent player. I agree. I think he's maybe not top five, but definitely top 10 or top seven shooting guard in the league right now. Um mm-hmm. And he's kind of stuck in New Orleans, which is going nowhere. They're kind of just tanking. And I would like to see Drew Holiday, possibly not with Denver, but Denver makes a whole lot of sense. And Denver needs to kind of, like you said, pull the trigger and kind of like get back into that. Are they really going to compete for a championship? Like right now, I don't think they're title contenders. I just think they're a team that's going to make the playoffs. If with a move like Drew Holiday, that could possibly put them right back into a real, like, having a chance to go to the finals or at least the Western Conference finals this upcoming season. Um, But I would like Drew Holiday, and I would like Drew Holiday to go to possibly the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I would would prefer prefer Chris Paul to go to the Milwaukee Bucks for them to pull the trigger and maybe get rid of Eric Bledsoe. But I just think the Milwaukee Bucks, as great as they are, come the postseason and come, like, when it's time for – to play in the playoffs and the half-court system. We know Giannis, even though he's improved on his jump shot, that's still a major concern of everybody, you know, in the NBA and uh, and just people that know about the sport of basketball, him being in the half-court system in the postseason when the game slows down, that's a big concern as well. And also him being like the lead, having the ball in his hands all the time, the lead distributor for the, the Milwaukee Bucks, that is a concern in the playoffs. So I, I feel like they need another guard. Maybe it's a Chris Paul um, or maybe it's a Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday would be an excellent fit if they don't get Chris Paul. But Drew Holiday with the Milwaukee Bucks would be a very, very great fit for Giannis. Also, he's a two-way defender. He would be an upgrade 
over Eric Bledsoe. Even Chris Paul is an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. I think Chris Paul will be the, the perfect fit next to Giannis. But if they can't get a Chris Paul type of player, they probably should go after Drew Holiday. And it just seems to me like I don't know if the Milwaukee Bucks are going to try to make any moves, but I feel like they really need to make moves. I know people are saying they're a title contender, but I just feel that if you really look at their roster, Giannis is the only superstar player that they have. And then Chris Millington and Eric Bledsoe, they're great players, but they're they're not really stars. They're like all-star caliber players. They need another second star at least to, I think, get to the finals and possibly actually have a, a chance to go to the finals. Because right now, even if they make the finals, I'm not I, – I can't see them beating – to be honest, I can't see them making the finals, to be honest, over the Philadelphia Sixers and other teams in Eastern Conference. But if they make it to the finals, I just can't see them beating the Houston Rockets with Russell Westbrook and James Harden or the Los Angeles Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George or the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis with just a – a duel of a Giannis and Chris Miller Giannis and Eric Bledsoe. Now, I definitely agree. And we we saw this last year with the Toronto Raptors where they had Kawhi there, they had Pat Skill emerging, and we thought they were, they were a top team that we all pinned in, aside from Milwaukee, to come out the East, but they made a, a necessary move in adding Marcus Saul right before the trade deadline, I believe, and that's yeah. maybe the move that helped propel them into the finals having a guy that could help guard Joel Embiid. So there's, it's always necessary for a team to make that last-minute move because if you, you can always remain stagnant and rely on continuity to get you to the postseason, far into the postseason. But if you can always make an upgrade, I think it's necessary. And Drew Holiday would definitely be that guy because just because from the mere fact that he's available, Chris Paul, is, it would be a great fit as well. But the problem is that Eric Blesso is – basically on a contract where it's looked as a bargain for his for the type of player he is. And sure. you would have to give up so many assets just to acquire a guy like Chris Paul. And you just, you're basically just kind of going – you're basically assuming that Blesso is going to perform underachieve in the playoffs, which we have two years to kind of go off to basically make that assumption. So I'm not really sure Milwaukee has the assets to do it. And that's I think, is the problem with a lot of these players and why we're not seeing as much movement. So another player that came to mind when I thought about uh, these trade talks was a guy like Steve Adams. Like there are a lot of players in Oklahoma City that could be shopped at the trade deadline, they're even in the playoff picture. But Steve Adams is a type of player where he's an enforcer down low, where he could just fit on a lot of teams. Like Atlanta, you heard what they said. They told Trey Young they got help coming soon. So yeah. maybe Steve Adams is that guy, or. Even he could fit on a team like Boston where they have the perimeter players that make a run in the long term, but they don't have a big that could just gobble up rebounds when they you need extra possessions. What do you think? I, I definitely think the Boston Celtics would be the perfect fit for Steven Adams. He's a guy that can, with that pick and roll with Kim and Walker and him, could be very, very dominant in the NBA because you know Steven Adams is the, probably the best center when it comes to setting hard screens and getting like his 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 players open for uh, driving to the lane or easy shots. I'm, I'm not really – I wouldn't want the Atlanta Hawks to, to make a move like that for Adams um, basically just because I feel like they should just wait. Like I, I feel like the Hawks are kind of like panicking because of Trey Young. Even though Trey Young is very, very great, their team is not – going to do anything this year. So I don't think they need to panic and go after a guy that they're going to have to keep that contract on for at least the next three seasons after that. 
because they're going to have a whole lot of money coming in the 2021 free agency draft class, free agency uh, class as well. So I don't think you, I don't think you go out and, and do that move if you're Atlanta Hawks. But I can understand with Trey Young's frustration why they would go out and try to pull that move. But I think the Boston Celtics makes the most sense for a Stephen Adams type of deal. Mm-hmm. And I think they could do it just from Gordon's contract. I think they match up really well and. From just the way the Celtics play, I, I like Gordon and Hayward at this point. I think it's more of a luxury than a necessity for them, just because you have ta- uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown emerging as two-way players for the Celtics, two-way stars. And Gordon, there is that like he's a he's definitely having his best season since the ankle injury. He looks like he's returning back to his old form, but I don't necessarily think they need him there, where you could add more size and just allowed Tatum and Brown to emerge into the stars that we can we definitely seen them become two seasons ago in the playoffs where they went head to head against LeBron in the conference finals. Yeah, I agree. I don't but I don't know if they I don't know if they get rid of Gordon Hayward. Like that connection with Brad Stevens and Gordon Hayward is strong. I don't think they're gonna move him. If they're probably gonna move anybody, it it'd probably be like some draft picks or something. Maybe like a, a player I know you said they, their contracts match up, but I don't I just don't see them moving Gordon Hayward. But to, to, to probably make that deal, they probably got to move someone. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just don't see Gordon Hayward getting moved just because of the personal relationship with the front office and also with Brad Stevens, with Gordon Hayward. I just don't really see that. Yeah, I, you're, de- you're definitely right about that. That relationship is too, is really tight going back to the <laughs> Right. It's, it's extremely tight but, tight. but another player – that I would like to get C traded is DeMar DeRozan. And I know the San Antonio, uh, Spurs, mm-hmm. San, San Antonio Spurs haven't really said they want to trade him, even though DeMar kind of probably prefers to be traded. It's it's You really don't know what's going to happen with that situation. Uh, one team that comes to mind is the Miami Heat. But another team that comes to mind that could definitely use DeMar DeRozan in his scoring, I would say the Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic should go out and pull a deal like this and get DeMar DeRozan back on back to the Eastern Conference, um, back where he is probably going to be able to be the number one go-to player and have a team that's going to actually run their offense through him. The San Antonio Spurs don't really run their offense through DeMar DeRozan. Their offense is very team-oriented, and he needs a situation where he can go out and be the man again and have a team believe in him. And I think the Orlando Magic would be perfect. Fultz, um, also with with Eric Gordon, they probably would have to trade maybe Eric Gordon, but they probably trade I would say Evan Fourier for Demar Derozan. That would probably be the that would probably make the most sense. Um, we know that the San Antonio Spurs love their foreign players, and that would be a great spot for Evan Fourier if they traded for Demar Derozan. Yeah, I agree, and. To go back to that trade that happened with the Kawhi DeRozan trade, San Antonio did their best to acquire a star level player just from how awkward the situation became with the Kawhi Leonard. But it was just a bad pairing to start with DeRozan and San Antonio, just from him and LaMarcus being two players that really don't shoot the three at all at times. So it really hinders their offense. And like you said, the Spurs really didn't go all out into building an offense that would be the most efficient to have the best Dorado Rosen. So I would like to see him on another team. And I think it's just time for him to rebuild at this point. The Spurs weren't really known for rebuilding, so I think it would be more of a retool. But they have so many young players. They have DeJounte Murray. They have Lonnie Walker, who really can't get any minutes because DeRozan is eating up a lot of them. 
and you also have Derek White there. So you have a young core of guards that can really develop at that time. And I just don't think a core of LaMarcus and DeMar, because they're both locked up into those contracts, can really help a San Antonio team push far into the playoffs, even if you do add a third-star player. So to see him go to a team like Orlando where he can be the guy again, I think we could go back to him being Toronto DeRosa where he was giving you at least 26, 27 a game as a number one option because it, at least the offense will be built around him. I'm a it's little like, bit scared at first with the spacing between him and Fultz because Fultz is still learning how to develop his jump shot all over again, so the spacing would definitely be thrown off. But I think it's enough to a risk to at least try it because Orlando is, is another team at this point where they're going based on a playoff run last year where they barely snuck in. But are they really going to be a playoff team again this year if they keep this roster intact? Is I'm not really sure. And Aaron Gordon's the type of player where he looks like he's just he's capped out right now in his situation in Orlando right now. And maybe a fresh start would be better for him. Aaron Gordon, and like you said, it just seems like sometimes the players in my uh, not my the players in Orlando kind of just like the Victor Oladipo situation. I don't know for whatever reason, like sometimes when they go to different places, they succeed better. But I think the Orlando situation, if the Orlando wants to go out and make a move for DeMar Rose, would be a, a very, very great situation for both parties. Yeah, if they make that move, they're definitely a playoff team. So I, I can see that happening. I just don't know if San Antonio, especially with Greg Popovich being locked in for another two years with his extension, if they're going to retool like that on the fly. But if they do make that move, I can definitely see Orlando being a playoff team. Definitely. All right, let's get to it, though. Uh, NBA Christmas games, big time of the year. A lot of games that are coming on. Celtics and Raptors is the first game on the menu. Who are you rolling with and why? I'm going to have to go with the Raptors. I know that they're a little uh, – they're suffering from the injury bug. Uh, um, that's not definitely not a Christmas wish of mine, but – I think just playing in the six on an afternoon day, like it's going to be something that's up. Being in the Toronto, their home court advantage is insane. I think they probably have, with Golden State moving to the Chase Center, I think they have the best home court advantage right now. And I just think on Christmas Day, you're going to see a lot of things there. Kyle Lowry is going to, uh, based on what we saw last night where they came back from a 30 point comeback against Dallas, I think Toronto just has enough with the home court advantage to go with that. So I'm rolling with Toronto. Definitely, definitely. I, I would have picked Toronto if I knew for a fact that Pascal Siakam was going to play. Pascal's out. So I don't think that even though the Boston Celtics and the, the Toronto Raptors, um, the Raptors are playing at home, I just feel like the Celtics are a better team because the Raptors don't have Pascal Siakam. I think that's really going to show. But the Raptors are a championship team, and they're kind of like – they get up for big games. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors beat the Celtics, especially them being at home. But I just think the, the missing Pascal Siakam is really going to show on Christmas Day. So I'm going to roll with the Celtics. Bucks mm-hmm. and the Sixers. I think this could be probably the best game on Christmas Day, actually, mm-hmm. between the Bucks and the Sixers. Um, both of these teams have a lot to prove. Both of these teams are probably – when it's all said and done, maybe in the Eastern Conference Finals competing to see who goes to the championship. And both of these teams probably are the most talented teams in the East. And with Ben Simmons and with Joel B, I think they need to prove that you know they're still the team that everybody kind of predicted them to be in the 
off season, everybody was like the Sixers, the Sixers, the Sixers, and we seen this year. Everybody's kind of like, well, we don't know about the Sixers anymore. I think they need to come out and make a statement and show that they are the better team. They have the better duo. They they have the better player in Joel over Giannis. They need to come out and really prove that this this Christmas Day that they're the better team than the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm gonna roll with the Sixers, but the Bucks are really good and. I don't know. Giannis is looking unstoppable. Even though I'm not saying like Joel Embiid is better than Giannis, but Joel Embiid needs to show that he's right there. And he, I'm, I don't know. I think he has that belief that he's better than Giannis, but sometimes it, we don't really see that when it comes to the Sixers. Like we don't know what Joel Embiid we're gonna get on a given day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this might be the best matchup just from what we expect these two teams to be come in May, but. I'm going to have to roll with Milwaukee. I know Sixers, they're going to have the home court advantage. You're gonna, people at Wells Fargo, they're get, at the Wells Fargo Center, they're going to be going wild. But I have to go with Milwaukee, and I just don't think anyone on Philadelphia has an answer for Giannis. I just think it's that simple. Like, you could put Ben Simmons on him. You can even, for stretches, put Joel Embiid on Giannis and maybe force him to take those jump shots. But like you said, that man is on a mission. I think – I just don't I think Milwaukee's just a better overall team just from how they play. Like we talked we talked earlier how they may not have necessarily that second star level player to go match up with Giannis, but at the same time they're they're just they're playing so well right now with their shooters. They have even Dante DiVincenzo starting and playing well and just they have the best overall record. I just we can't just we can't take that into account. And I think the seventy six are still missing one to two shooters that can really help space the four out for Ben right now. I think so, I, I think they definitely are missing the shooters. I think that's a problem they're going to address before the NBA trade deadline. But I don't I don't to be honest I don't think the I really even though the Milwaukee Bucks may be the better team maybe um, in the playoffs I don't really think they match up. I think the the Sixers are probably the worst team for the Bucks to possibly play because you say that even though Giannis is as great as he is. Um, who are you going to put on them? But they still got, like, three seven-footers. Like, they got Al Horford, they got Ben Simmons, they got Joe Embiid that all can take turns, like, trying to stop Giannis and making them shoot jump shots, especially in the playoffs. Now, maybe not in the regular season when teams don't really play defense and stuff like that, but I, I really feel like come playoff time, the Bucks can be probably any team. Uh, but I will worry about the Philadelphia Sixers because they do have some guys I think can guard Giannis Antetokounmpo, especially in the playoffs when this come, becomes a half-court game. But the game is going to be exciting, and I really feel like this is probably going to be the best game on Christmas Day. Now, the Rockets versus the Warriors. Look, we, look, skip, man, we, we, we can skip over this one. We, we can just skip that one. We, we know who's going to win that game. <laughs> hey, we may look stupid if the Warriors end up doing something, but I think it's safe to say we can skip over this one. <laughs> we, can, we can skip over that. The, the Clippers versus Lakers. Now, this is this is the biggest game on Christmas, but I, for some reason I just don't feel like it's going to live up to the expectation, mainly because of Anthony Davis. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't even know if LeBron James is going to play. And even if both of them do play, they're kind of banged up. And I don't feel that the Los Angeles Lakers need to come out and really try to prove anything. Like, you know, like this is not the championship. You know what I'm saying? Even though these games are important on Christmas Day because a lot of teams want to make statement, um, you know, this is a statement game. They want to make have statement wins on their resume, but it's just one of 82 to me, to be honest. Um, and with the Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers, if if I knew for a fact that Anthony Davis and LeBron James was healthy, 
I probably would have picked the Los Angeles Lakers, but I'm going to pick the Clippers because I know the Clippers are healthy, and the Clippers, to me, have the better overall team, even though the Los Angeles Lakers have the better overall duo. So I'm going to roll with the Clippers over the Lakers in the, on Christmas Day. Yeah, I'm, 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 I agree. I'm going to have to roll with the Clippers, too. You just don't know what to expect. Like, even if LeBron and AD are, are scratches for the game, they're still not 100% at this point compared to Kawhi, who's going to be fully fully healthy and rested coming off his load management. And like you, like you said, with the 76ers, I think they're the Lakers are one piece away. Maybe that combo guard that could help create their own offense at times just to really go, really be fully matched against this Clippers team. So I'm expecting the Clippers to win just from the mere fact that they're going to they're probably they're they're gonna want to make a statement more. They're gonna want to go based on opening night and even show Lakers fans at even though they play at the same arena, there's gonna be more of a Laker town out there, and they're gonna want to make a statement. So I'm rolling with the Clippers. I I definitely agree um, with that point that you made about the Lakers being one player away. They're a championship team right now, but they need a player that can create off the dribble that can score his own shot that can get a bucket at will and that can just focus on getting buckets. A lot of people say Jamal Crawford, but Jamal Crawford's 39 years old. I don't think Jamal Crawford signing with the Los Angeles Lakers makes a whole lot of sense. I think they need to go out and hope and pray that the Miami Heat release Deion Waiters and then they go out and they get Deion Waiters. They get Deion Waiters coming off that bench, allowing him just to score, a lot of allowing him to kind of have free will and kind of be like a Lou Williams type of player, that's what the Los Angeles Lakers are missing. And I think that if the Miami Heat cut or release or try to trade Deion Waiters, the Los Angeles Lakers should be the first ones out on the market trying to get a player of that caliber because he could be probably the missing piece for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, you would definitely get a lot of gummies if that were to happen, my friend. And <laughs> <laughs> a lot of gummies, but... I just don't see it happening just because there's so much money you have to attach to that that contract. Like, he's getting paid $12 million a year right now, and to cut or even stretch it out, that would mean that Miami has to give up their salary cap for 2021. If Dion does come in to buy in, if he comes in ready, in shape, buys into his system, he would be the perfect fit. A lot of people just attach the character to the, the resume that he has, and He's a, he's a guy who's performed in the playoffs on contenders. He's a guy that can be a microwave player if he's able to buy in. That's but that's always the major question with a player like Dion Waiters because he'll buy, he'll buy in with a with a with a team with LeBron James on it and the Los Angeles Lakers. So it's just like people forget, even though the Heat culture is one of the best coaches in the NBA, but it's a difference when you know that you know you're coming in, and you're gonna fill a role, or you're coming in like feeling wanted as well. He doesn't. He doesn't feel wanted in Miami anymore. And even though Deion Waiters was a great player, I don't know what type of player he's going to be now. Um, he did kind of lose his spot. I'm not going to say unfairly to Ty, Tyler Hero, but it just seems like Deion not even Tyler like, Hero. It was the Kendrick Nunn man. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Look at that. Like, it, don't get me wrong. I just think with a player like that, his his confidence can be his greatest weapon, but it can also be a downfall as well to where he felt that coming off his ankle surgery, he was deserved to be a guaranteed slot at the starting spot, at the starting two-guard spot. But it's just the mere fact that the undrafted guy came in more in shape and ready and sure. took his spot, and he just didn't want to play himself into that role. There is definitely playing time for him to have 
at least time to buy his buy his way back into his, I mean to work his way back into a starting lineup, but he just didn't want to take that chance and because he just got mad and felt that he deserved a spot. Maybe in the Lakers, if he were to be in a new situation, maybe that could be the change for him. But right now, I just see him being stuck in Miami eating gummies and being uh, <laughs> playing, playing on boats in South Beach. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. That's definitely an interesting story to watch um, and see what's going to happen mm-hmm. over the course of the NBA season. The Pelicans and the Nuggets. This is another game I feel like we don't really have to talk about. I just feel like the Pelicans are trash. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> really, you know, Zion Williamson's probably not going to play for the rest of the season like I predicted once he got hurt. Uh, I don't think nobody, nobody's really checking for the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. And the Denver Nuggets are the better team. So, of course, I'm rolling with Denver. Yeah, I'm going with Denver, too. And, and I honestly, I just think the reason why – the NBA ratings have dropped so much. It's just the game. This is the perfect example of a game like this where the Pelicans were slotted in for so many national TV games, but due to the injury of Zion, like, they have so many games where it has so much value when the schedule first came out. And now we're looking at it as like, okay, is it possible we could get this game changed or something? But I don't know what, I don't know what the NBA is thinking. I, they should have, they should have changed like the schedule. I don't know. They, they, it just seems like they can't. Well, it's, it's not possible because it's such a it's such a layoff between Christmas and the next game, which is Thursday or Friday. Well, the next game from here is going to be Friday, but I don't yeah. think it's possible to make any changes like that at the last minute unless the games were happen to be on the same day. But with Christmas, yeah. you already have these selected five games. And coming into the season, if you knew that Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green were going to be healthy, the Rockets versus Warriors would be probably the best matchup of the other Christmas game, but... We don't yeah, have I mean, it. I don't, it, seems like they, it just seems like they, they kind of be missing out on the Christmas games um, for, a, for a while. I would have loved to see the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics on Christmas Day. Uh, <laughs> I would have loved to see that match because you're going to see the Clippers for three more times after this. There's only so much excitement, you know? It's just kind of like, I don't know. And then yeah. I would probably I probably would have liked to see maybe the Rockets and the Bucks as well and then possibly like the Sixers and the Raptors as well. So I, I don't know. It just seems like the, they always kind of missing out um, on matchups when it comes to the Christmas Day, but we'll see. Hopefully it's exciting. It hasn't really... Last year was... I don't know. When's the last time I was really, really excited about a Christmas Day matchup? Because LeBron James got hurt last year. Yeah. And that well, last time I was really excited. I know when Miami played Oklahoma City, but that was a very long time ago. That was like one Christmas matchup where I was like, hey, this could... Wait, we already had a final. We basically had a pre-finals matchup that time. And yeah, I think the, the best one was when the best one in recent memory was with Kyrie and LeBron James going up against Kevin Durant when he first joined the Golden State Warriors, and then Kyrie hit that shot. I think that was the best one. That's oh, yeah, one. absolutely right. 